Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today, we've got an epic science showdown. Ooh, I love science showdowns. Two science things go head to head. Who will take it all? On one side, we've got a hamster. On the other, we've got bacteria. And behind the race is a scientist trying to figure out a better way to make life-saving medicine. Who will win? Stay with us. Who do you think would win in a showdown between bacteria and a hamster? We asked some of our favorite kids podcasters, and here's what they had to say. I think a bacteria would win because a bacteria could make a hamster sick. I think the hamster would win because they're constantly digesting bacteria. I think the bacteria would win. And my reason is because bacteria from another planet would completely decimate anything on this planet. I think a hamster would win. I'm going hamster all the way. While bacteria are amazing and do many things, I've never seen one I wanted to cuddle with. The bets are in. And now we have to find out why a hamster and bacteria are facing off in the first place. And honestly, how does that even work? <laughs> it's a competition set up by a scientist named Danielle Tolman Ursek. You can think of her as being like the bacteria's coach, or more accurately, its engineer. I figure out how to engineer organisms and pieces of living things to have them make the chemicals or materials or even medicines that we need. Danielle is a synthetic biologist. That means she's building and programming living things like bacteria to make stuff for us. Oh, so instead of just like giving us the cold and stomach bugs and stuff, they'll be like little factories. Yes, bacteria cells can be tiny little medicine factories. I like that better than getting sick. Yeah, but that's only if Danielle can win this competition. We're basically trying to beat a hamster cell, which is really strange to say, but true. Okay, so um, what's the deal with a hamster cell? Okay, so you might be surprised to learn, because I definitely was, that one single hamster is responsible for making medicine for humans' toughest diseases. The majority of the cancer drugs, I would say, are now made in what are called Chinese hamster ovary cells. So these are cells that come originally from a hamster. Oh, that's incredible. So cancer drugs are made in cells from a hamster? Yes. Cells... Like, the basic biological unit of all living things? Like, we have cells, plants have cells, hamsters have hamster cells. Yes, and all the cells making cancer drugs come from one hamster that lived almost 70 years ago. 70-year-old hamster. How'd that happen? (laughs) So, back in the 1950s, scientists were searching far and wide for an animal cell that could survive in the lab forever. That sounds pretty magical, but why would scientists even want that? Well, living cells are incredibly useful to study how diseases work and to figure out how we might cure them. But obviously, cells aren't really meant to last on their own in a petri dish. Cell after cell died out, and experiments died with them, until one scientist tried out cells from a single Chinese hamster. These cells grew quickly and easily in the lab, and they could be copied on and on forever. So this one hamster from China became immortal. In a way, in a way. (laughs) 
The scientists sent copies of these hamster cells everywhere, and later other researchers discovered that the hamster cells had another purpose: making medicines. They can do in one spot inside one cell what it takes us in a, a traditional factory of you know five to ten different reactors and purification steps, and they're doing it all in one place in what appears to us to be one step because it's that fast. So we've already got hamster cell medicine factories. Yes, <laughs> a factory inside a factory. So imagine a huge people-sized factory. It's got a bunch of shiny steel tanks, and inside those tanks are hundreds of thousands of medicine-making hamster cells. But no actual furry hamsters. So every cell has a set of genetic instructions called DNA. Scientists figured out how to replace the instructions they use to make hamster things with instructions to make medicine. Okay, so this hamster cell honestly sounds incredible. Why does Danielle want a bacteria cell to take its job? They're kind of hard to work with. They take a while to grow. They need a lot of tender, loving care to get them to make just the thing that we want. What does that even mean? Like she's tired of cuddling with hamster cells, singing it little songs, telling it it's good enough. Well, the big problem with the hamster cell is that every time scientists and doctors need a new medicine, it takes a lot of time to figure out how to get the hamster cell to make it. Every single new drug that comes out, we have to figure it out all over again, and that takes a lot of time. And a lot of people working on that problem, but in bacteria, it's just a matter of switching out the DNA, and they are pretty amenable to to making those sorts of changes. They're not as specialized, and that's why Danielle is pitting a bacteria cell against a hamster cell. And so, what we're hoping is that we can find an easier way of making things to make that whole process cost less money, take less people working on it for less time, so that we can get more treatments. Out faster to the world. Well, I like how that sounds, but don't we usually think of bacteria making us sick, not making us better? Not all bacteria are germs. There are lots and lots of different types of them, and Danielle has the special skills and tools she needs to engineer them to do exactly what she wants. Unlike those finicky hamster cells. Those hamster cells are real divas. Like they probably have some kind of super intense rider, like only green M and M's in the green room. So what does a bacteria cell need to make medicine? Just like a ratty couch and some Mountain Dew. <laughs> they need a set of instructions in the form of DNA. The idea is that you can just switch out the DNA like a computer program, and the cells will start making the new thing. But there's one big problem: how to get the medicine out of the bacteria cell. And so that's the part that we're studying the most in my lab: is how do we get the things that we're making inside the bacteria out of the bacteria, so that we can actually use them. So bacteria can make the medicine really easily, but they just want to keep it for themselves. Basically, and this is Danielle's big engineering challenge because the competition, the hamster cells, they're already naturally releasing the medicine from inside their cells. So Danielle wants to copy that move, thinking maybe we can do this better by giving bacteria that same ability. So she does that how, like pep talks, training videos, workout routines. <laughs> Danielle has to build a way for bacteria to pump the medicine out of their cells, and that's hard to do. I think 
Uh, really similar to someone who's never worked on a car before, going up to a car and opening up the hood and looking at the engine for the first time and trying to figure out what everything does. And that takes a long time if there's nobody there to show you. And in the case of these bacteria and all their systems, there's no one to really show us how it works. So she's basically trying to build a new car part with no real car knowledge. We just have to figure it out by tinkering with everything that's inside to see what each little piece does. And it turns out there's millions of pieces, so that takes a really long time. Danielle spent a lot of time looking really, really closely at bacteria cells. As she kept studying it, she noticed something. I discovered bacteria already had ways to get it not just to the outer compartment, but all the way out of their cells. So I thought, oh, we should be using that. So what were the bacteria doing? They have a kind of pump that pushes medicine out of the cell, but they don't use it as easily as the hamster cells do. Danielle looked for which type of bacteria have the pumps, and then she started tinkering. She and one of her students discovered a way to essentially turn up the power of the pump. So the whole time we had been using the system in the test tube before, it was just on low. And she figured out how to tell the cell to turn it on to extra high. The cell started pumping out tons more medicine, but it left Danielle and her team scratching their heads. They didn't know why it was working that way. This is the sort of thing that happens probably every couple of months, actually. We do something either on purpose or on accident, and it surprises us, and then we go and figure out why it worked. So that's kind of crazy. It's like you're driving a car, and you're like, well, it looks like turning the wheel left makes us go right. I don't know why, but that's how it works, and that's how we're doing this road trip to Michigan now. (laughs) The hamster cells have had a big start, but Danielle's 10 years of work have put her bacteria hot on their tail. It turns out the hamster cells weren't nearly as great at making protein as I thought they were at the same time. It's like a major burn to hamster cells. Turns out you're not that great, hamster cells. It's kind of the biologist version of trash talk. (laughs) (laughs) Your organelles aren't pretty to look at. You call those mitochondria? (laughs) So is that it for hamster cells? Are Danielle's bacteria just leaving them in the dust? Not yet. She's got more work to do. We're just not getting enough protein out to make it worth putting in a factory yet. The protein is the science term for the product, like medicine, that the bacteria is trying to make. The hamster cells are still so much better at getting those proteins out of their little factories within a factory. (laughs) We're going to work on that until we are doing better than the other options for how to make these drugs. So in other words, she still needs to beat the hamster cell. Yeah, and it's like nothing personal at this point. (laughs) (laughs) And when we get to that point, what's cool about our system is we can do it for one example drug. Once we figure that out, it's a general understanding. We can now use it to make all of the other ones that people are interested in. So it's like they can just write whatever program they want and give the instructions to the bacteria. Exactly. And Danielle feels like bacteria victory is inevitable. Even when her tinkering doesn't work, or when it does work and she can't figure out why, she's still gaining ground on the hamster cells. I think what surprised me is that at first it's slow, but it speeds up. 
before you know it, you're you're learning something new every few days instead of once every few months, just because you've already learned so much. So learning is like her secret weapon. It's her turbocharge. Yeah, and it's basically how science works. You just keep learning and building on discoveries until one day it all comes together. Well, I'm definitely on Team Danielle. Let's hear it for the bacteria. Hip, hip. Flagellum. (laughs) We want to know from you, if you were to make your own bacteria cell, what would you have it do? Dream it, draw it, and share it. We want to see what you come up with. Thanks to Danielle Tolman Ursek, Associate Professor of Chemical and Biological Engineering at Northwestern University. This episode was supported by the National Science Foundation under award number VBE1706125. Thanks to the kids' podcasters you heard at the top of the show Grady from Cool Facts About Animals, and Mirabelle, Brennan, Jaska, and Lonnie Power from Book Power for Kids. To learn more about synthetic biology, visit our website at sciencepodcastforkids.com. We'll have more from our interview with Danielle on Patreon and on our CastBox Premium channel. This episode was edited with help from Sarah Lentz. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I wrote and produced this episode. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I made all of the music. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more stories of science discovery.